We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. What is going on? Welcome back to another episode here of Setting the Pace, and we are continuing our season goal series by today, talking about your Pacer rookies that are coming into this year. Jarris Walker, the eighth overall pick, Ben Shepard, the 26th overall pick, and we are not worried about the two-way guys, just looking at the guys that are anticipated to be on the 15-man roster. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, the lovely, the beautiful, the great mustache Mike. Mike Focci. Focci, how's it going, man? Hey, such a description. I, I feel flattered. I'm blushing over here. Yeah. But I'm I'm doing well. But man, we got some some rookies to talk about today. I mean, these are some players that I'm excited about. One I think the whole Pacer Nation's really excited about. The other one we're like, you gotta show me something this year. Alex, tell them about the players that we're talking about today. Yeah, Jairus Walker, Ben Shepard. I already said that at the beginning. There are two well, draft picks in the first round. Come on, pay attention, man. What are we doing? <laughs> Hey, I mean, look, <laughs> I, I'm just ready to get into it because we got a couple goals in mind, and I'm itching. Oh man, to share some of these goals. I mean, I, I might have lice, fleas. I really don't know. I gotta be checked. But yeah. you tell me, who do you want to start with? Let's first? start with Ben Shepard because I guarantee you probably have like seven or eight goals for Ben this year. You never know. But we're gonna start <laughs> with Ben Shepard because I, I oh, think this man. was probably the hardest guy to come up with goals. Um, I'm going to start with the first one. Never miss a high five. No, I'm just kidding. Look, embrace defending as if it's all that you're Never miss a high five. You should have no, rolled I, with that. Dude. Yeah, I, I know. I was just like, if someone <laughs> walks by the bench, no. But look, Ben Shepard made an all-conference defensive team yeah. his senior year. But that was in the, the Mountain Valley Conference, I believe it was, the MVC. Let's just say there's a far contrasting competition than what he's going to be facing this year. 
If Shepard wants to see the court in real minutes, not just blowout minutes, he's going to have to be able to be at least a capable defender instead of a target for the opposition. Uh, that's a good one. Be a good defender. That'll get you on the court. We saw how that worked for Andrew Nimhard last year. Um, I, my first goal, Fachi, I just kind of want to go through this quickly. I, I kind of want him to be like the pineapple or living like a pineapple under the sea, and that's SpongeBob SquarePants, right? I, want I like him to be it. A, I want him to be a sponge this season. I want him to take it all in, soak it all in, all the experience that is on this roster. you got a T.J. McConnell on this roster. you got a Buddy Hield on this roster. You've got Andrew Nimhard, Benedict Matherin, who were rookies last year. You've got Tyrese Halliburton on this roster. And then you got guys like Daniel Tice, guys that have been there and played with teams that have made it to the NBA Finals. And then you've got Bruce Brown, who just won the title. This is a great opportunity to pick their brains, figure things out. And while he's probably not playing much this year, be a sponge. Yes, my joke did not really land like I hoped it had land. You know, you're rubbing off on me on your dad joke stuff. So I I was like, you know, he needs to live in a pineapple under the sea like his friend Bob. Just be a sponge, man. So that is kind of how I want Ben to be this year because I don't foresee any playing time for him unless there are significant injuries, which is not something I do want to see. So this year, just be a sponge. Soak it all up. Absolutely. Uh, Brings me to my side. I mean, I completely agree in this situation. You almost want him to carry around a notebook everywhere and just be taking notes and just just – be one of the first people in one of the last people out you know we want that hey, type of mentality did you see the mustache that he's having uh that, I was, think, that was nice i think tony yeah. he shared it um but he's got this thick mustache now that he didn't have before so interesting hey, choice you know what mustache it, mike rubbing it, off it, it, i and i approve mustache mike approves hey ben you're rocking the stash i dig it so for me, goal number two, shoot 37% from three. Uh, I knew that was coming. You know it's coming. You know it's going to be in there. Shoot above average. You, you got to be an above average shooter. I'll tell you why. <laughs> Look, I know it's going to be limited fashion. So the volume will not be there. But the Pacers drafted Shepard in hopes of not being an above average shooter, but being potentially a one-day elite three-point shooter and the replacement for Chris Duarte and potentially Buddy Heald. Shepard shot. 37% and then 41% from three his last two seasons in college and was as advertised in the draft. Hey, you're getting one of the best three-point shooters in this class. The Patriots had their eyes on him for years, as they said. But in summer league, his three-point shooting was all over the place. Game one, 0 for 4, then 4 of 7, then 4 of 15, then um. Two of six. It broke down to being a 35% three-point shooter in Summer League. I don't think that's what we were all hoping for. So I think that, and honestly, the 35%, I believe, was actually better than his overall field goal percentage, which at times was a bit tough. So I think that kind of left fans a little bit low on Ben Shepard, lower than they should be. I think he's going to have a good career. It's going to take some time. But if he could be an above-average three-point Shooter, as a rookie, say 37%, which we would all be happy with. I think that could build major confidence within him and this fan base for for many years for Ben Shepard as an Indiana Pacer. Yeah, the only reason I foresee that being maybe a little bit challenging to do is just because there's not going to be a ton of attempts to get that point. Um, He might see some garbage time here and there, or if there's an injury to a player, he might get in as like the the backup shooting guard or something like that. But I just wonder if he's going to have the volume to really get a chance to prove that three-point percentage spots. Just speaking out loud here, because I I feel like it's going to be hard for him to see the floor. So that's why, like, yeah, I want him to do that, but maybe he can do that in the G League because 
I'm kind of hoping that he takes every opportunity that he gets to play in the G League. Now, there's going to be times when they need him on a road trip or they need him to be at practice, and I think that that's part of absorbing all that stuff and being that sponge. Stay in with the team as much as you can, but when the opportunity presents itself for you to kind of go out there and get some run with the G League to keep yourself fresh, do it. Because I think that if he can be like, like we saw Gogo, we saw TJ Leaf, we saw different draft picks really dominate the G League and be like, okay, they don't belong there. They belong in the NBA, but then in the NBA, they don't really do anything either. So if he can dominate in the G League, that's a good sign that he's ready for NBA level competition. But if they put him in the G League to play some and he's not playing great, kind of like Kendall Brown did last year, like a bit of a work in progress, then that's where it kind of gets to the point where like, okay, how much can we truly invest in him long-term? I think that would give the Pacers a good sample size of who he can become as a player. But I think it also will help Ben know, okay, these are things I need to work on. In the G League, I'm struggling with this because at Belmont, he's probably not even playing the level of talent that they have in the G League. So it's going to be interesting. I think that he's a good player. He's definitely more of a seasoned college player than a guy like Kendall Brown. So I don't expect the same type of deficiencies in the G league with that experience. But I also am understanding like, this is not just going to be all roses and butterflies. He's not just going to dominate right away. I I think that it's going to take some time for him to acclimate to being the number one scorer instead of being a complimentary piece, which I think will ultimately be his role in the NBA. No, that's a fantastic point. I do see him. And I think most probably do as being a role player in the NBA. I don't think anyone's thinking this is a guy and not to sell him short, I don't think anyone's really saying this is a guy with all-star potential. I think they're saying this is a guy who can play a role really well. And I'm right with you because my last goal for him is embrace and attack the G League for everything it's worth. Yep. Playing time is going to be extremely hard to come by unless there are injuries or it's a massive blowout. And I don't think we want either of them to happen unless we're on the positive side of a massive blowout. We don't know how many of those there's going to be this year where the Pacers could be up a lot. So it sounds like, hey, he's probably not going to be playing meaningful minutes. But, man, the G League is a fantastic opportunity for him to look to thrive and expand his game from being just a three-point shooter, being more of a complete player. You talked about it. We don't want him to, to... be a role player in the G League. No, you want him to take on more. Well, we know he he was a, a point guard at one point in the past. Okay, I want to see some playmaking from you. All yeah. right, hey, look, you're going to need to be a really good defender on the next level to at least be able to get on the court. Can you at least be a, a real good defender, you know, on the, in the G League? That way you can be a capable defender in the NBA. You know, things like that. Obviously, a three-point shooting, it's got to be there. You know, rebounding-wise, I mean, he had a random game in Summer League. I think he had nine rebounds or so. I would like to see something on the rebounding side, knowing that it's probably not going to be there on the next level. But I don't have the statistical expectations for him in the G League. I'm not going to say, like, give us 20 points per game. But it's like, I want to see you, you know, just like you mentioned, soak it up for all it's worth. I don't need him to be like when Goga was Goga O'Neal or whatever it was (laughs) where he was dropping, you know, 30 to 40 points basically. But it's like, I want to know that there is that confidence level that, Oh man, you got to take a look at Ben Shepard. He's been shooting the leather off the ball down at, you know, with the mad ants. And mm-hmm. then I, I want that to be able to translate where if he gets into a game, he's ready. Yeah. And the G League, the, the experience there more so is just don't stay rusty by being yep. out of action on, on court action. Like you can do stuff in practice, but you need the live ball game reps to really kind of 
grow as a player. So that why that is why for me last season, Wendell Moore Jr. Bachi, he was a 26 pick in the 2022 NBA draft. He played in 29 games and logged a total of 153 minutes for the Minnesota Timberwolves. My last goal, I want to see Ben Shepard log 150 total minutes of playing time with the Pacers this season. Um, and I feel like that's realistic. It was about 1.4 minutes per game. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so it's not that much. But I think that, okay, 29 games is all he played in. That feels about right. I think Minnesota was a team that made the playoffs last year. They were a team that – did they make the play-in, I think? They made the play-in yeah, as an eight play-in. seed. And then they actually gave Denver quite a bit of a, of a of a series there, a six-game series. So I think that that's kind of the same boat he's in right now. This is a, a Pacers team that's trying to make the playoffs. And he's a rookie that's just probably not ready yet to make that jump to the rotation. So when the opportunity presents itself, get in there, get some experience. But don't expect – anything don't have a lot of high expectations but maybe get about 150 minutes get 29 games played under your belt for the year in the nba and and just kind of ah, soak it in and that way it'll give you a little bit more of a hunger for your sophomore season to say i want to be a part of that rotation i want to be a part of that 10-man rotation for the long haul i don't want to be a guy that's sitting here on the bench watching everybody else have a lot of fun out there winning some basketball games Tell you what, my expectations have changed. I want 154 minutes. I want to know <laughs> that we have the more productive 26th overall pick. So, look, I think that that's a good measuring stick that you mentioned for Wendell Moore Jr. to be like, hey, this is what they got out of yeah. last year's 26th overall pick. Don't expect this guy to average 10 points per game or anything like that. But, you know, we, we did feel that the Pacers went for a guy that could probably bring one specific talent at an elite level shooting and fit into a role rather than a guy that doesn't really have that much experience that maybe fizzles out of the NBA in a few years. So we won't know if it was the right pick for until a couple of years down the line, but we don't want to rule out Ben Shepard being a very capable and solid NBA player for the Pacers for years to come. All right. Fun bet for you here. Who ends up getting more minutes this year for their team? Ben Shepard with the Pacers or Leonard Miller with the Minnesota Timberwolves? Leonard Miller. Oh, actually, that's tough because you got to think that. Man, I'm going Leonard Miller for sure. Yeah. Okay. He's, cool. He's just a just a higher talent. I know the Timberwolves yeah. should have high expectations, but I I feel like you look at this Pacers roster, man. There really isn't a way to get Ben Shepard on the court. So yeah, I I totally get it, man. And I and I've seen. I think it was Rhett Bauer. Uh, Maybe it was. Uh, I know that our good friend uh, Jamie is not a uh, a fan of. I think it's Jamie. She's not a fan of um, Ben Shepard. She wasn't a fan of the pick, and so I, I I'm just kind of curious. There's I, I think Rep put something out where he like showed previous drafts where we've drafted a player, then like players drafted after him or someone that we wanted, and we just like always felt that way at the draft time, and then it didn't happen. And yep. he's kind of feeling like this could be the same with Ben Shepard. I'm not rooting for that. Just saying, keeping an eye on it because I know we were pretty high on Leonard Millard, and we were also pretty high on uh, Gigi Jackson. So yep, well, and both players looked real good. And both players league. are going to be in the same boat as Ben Shepard for the Pacers this year. They wouldn't have got much playing time, so I don't really I understand. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, we can move on. We don't got to talk about that anymore. Jarris Walker, season goals for Jarris, someone that will get playing time this year and should be on the court and significant basketball moments. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, Jarris Walker, this is someone that we're all really excited about. My number, my my third goal for him, we'll work our way up, is average six rebounds or be the second leading rebounder on this team. Here's the thing. I think six rebounds probably goes hand in hand with being the second leading rebounder on this team. What's up with because, these runner-up goals? Be the runner-up for rebounds for the well, Patriots. I mean, if Jarris Walker led us in rebounds, wouldn't you be shocked? That would probably also yeah. mean that Miles Turner probably – didn't do his job on the glass. You yeah. expect Turner should lead us in rebounds. He's going to play more minutes. Yeah. But here's the thing. I know I set a similar goal for Obi. Hey, could you average six rebounds per game? Jarris Walker is a more gifted rebounder than Obi Toppin is. Jarris Walker, six foot seven with a seven foot three, you know, wingspan. I know that, you know, Obi we mentioned six foot nine with like a seven foot three wingspan. Jarris, I feel, could pull down rebounds. He averaged yeah. about seven rebounds per game. In college, as a freshman, I don't think that that tells the full story. In summer league, the game one, we saw him pull down 13 rebounds. We saw he had another game at nine rebounds. I truly think if the Pacers just asked Jarris to play hard defense and crash the glass, maybe be nothing more than the fifth scoring option in the lineup when he's out there, that could be exactly what the Pacers need from him. Uh, And Mm -hmm. I think that if Jarris can play, say, 22 minutes per game, I think that he can really make it count and hopefully come close to those six rebounds in just 22 minutes per game. That would be pretty awesome. Yeah, his first impression in summer league, he was all over the place defensively, oh, yeah. offensively, rebounding the basketball, blocking shots. Just great feel for the game. I, I don't 
I don't think he's going to be a dominant rebounder. Not yet, anyway, with the limited minutes that he's going to have. But I, I think he could become someone that does get close to double-digit rebounds in his career. And maybe we'll set that for a goal in the near future. But for me, my first goal for him, Fachi, is be the second playmaker for the bench unit. Look, I'm not saying he's not going to start. But if he's coming off the bench, we know that it's either going to be McConnell or Nimhard running the second unit. And I know that Carlisle loves having two playmakers out there. And Jairus is just a gifted passer with great feel for the game. So I feel like Jairus could be that secondary playmaker. Doesn't have to be a scorer, doesn't have to be a shooter, but just being able to be effective in that role, I think could be really fun and and could allow guys like Buddy Heald, Aaron Neesmith, and other shooters around there to get open looks if he's able to be more of a playmaker with uh, uh, whoever's running that second unit. Oh, it brings a completely different element the Pacers did not have last year. I mean, just remember what Sabonis was able to do you right. know, as a big being able to pass the ball around. I mean, it opened up a lot to be able to have Tyrese Halliburton and, and a Jarris Walker. I mean, you got to love the ball moving that's going to be happening. So I think that's a great goal for him. And I think it's one that we were already really impressed with just from right away. Yeah, in some really, we knew we heard. Oh, hey, at IMG, this this guy, you know, was the offense ran through him immediately in summer league. We saw he was cranking out five assists. You know, so that was awesome to see. So I, I think that is very capable of uh, being able to achieve that. Number two for me, constant effort and great communication on defense at all times. I know this is hard to quantify. It's not going to show up in a box score as hey, Jarris Walker was really vocal tonight. But here's the thing. You know how important that is for those players, like a Draymond Green, that it's like your voice holding everybody accountable, knowing where they should be, but also your your constant effort. We saw Jarris have, you know, do things like uh, in summer league, you know, uh, he, 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 was, he was everywhere. One game he had 13 rebounds, three blocks, three steals. I really do feel that this is someone that can average a block and a steal per game, potentially even as a rookie. It's mm. possible. We'll, we'll wait and see what happens. But he was when he was playing defense, he wasn't just doing it in one way. He was playing defense on the perimeter, doing it interior, stopping the ball in transition, poking the ball out, blocking shots. It was there were so many different ways for him to be effective um, on defense that that's what this Pacers team has been missing. So I don't feel that they need to ask him to be a scorer. I think he can do all the little things, all the tough work. And that might make the biggest impact on this Pacers team. Yeah, and that's why for me, goal number two was improve the team's defense. I just feel like after seeing the impact Andrew Nimhart had on the team's defense last year, it shows that if you're a rookie, you can't have an impact on the defense. So oh yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that Jairus Walker can have an impact. And I think that if you look at the options they have to play the four spot, he's probably their best defender at the four spot. So Jairus is going to have a role with this team, and I think that defensively is the way he's going to continue to get that playing time. And if there's one thing we know about Rick Carlisle is he loves good defenders, and that's why Andrew Nemhard ended up getting the start. I was actually a guest on a podcast before we recorded these on Sunday night where they were asking me about you know Andrew Nemhard and kind of how he took off. I said, look, last year he came in as a third-string point guard, but because he was better defensively than the options they had on the bench, they decided to make him the starter next to Tyrese, and it really alleviated some of the, the, the defensive responsibilities for him. I'm not saying that that's going to be what Jairus does, but let's just say Jairus does start at the four, and they have Matherin starting at the three. Well, that kind of helps alleviate a little bit of the defensive pressure you put on Matherin if you can say, all right, Jairus, you go guard the best perimeter player at the four position. So 
I think it just gives you optionality there with the defensive, you know, abilities that he has. So it's it's not going to be easy. It's it's a rookie coming into it. My expectations for a rookie to be a great defensive impactful player is not that high. But I think that he can have an impact. And I think that whether he's with the starters or with the bench unit, whatever, we can feel his presence on defense from the get-go. And I think that's part of the reason why they drafted him because of his fundamentals and his feel for the game. And and honestly, Calvin Sampson, I know that Indiana Hoosier fans hate him for his time here for all the cheating scandal stuff, but heck of a coach, man. I, I, I won't put that past him. I think he's a very smart basketball coach, runs a very good program and has had success wherever he's been coaching-wise, whether he's done it illegally or not. But stuff he was doing then that was illegal is now legal So in college basketball. But I just think that Jairus Walker learned a lot in his time with Houston, and I think that that's going to carry over to the pros. Oh, man, he came to the league with – and maybe he already had uh, a bit of it to begin with, but his defensive IQ is way ahead of where a rookie is, and that is exactly why the Pacers felt they were getting arguably the top defensive prospect in this draft. Yeah. And yeah, we're not asking for him to have a Victor Wembanyama type impact where you're going to change everything. But on the defensive side of things, where the Pacers were so you know inefficient, I do think that he is going to make a big impact. And especially as a rookie, I think it'll be there. But long term, this is someone that could anchor the Pacers' defense. So I'm really excited about that. For my last goal, it's win the starting power forward job. I and figured you were going to say that. Oh, yeah, you couldn't stop me on this one because I just feel like he's got to be looking at this as I was drafted eighth overall to be the future starting power forward for this Indiana Pacers team. The Pacers have been in search for that franchise for for quite some time. Jermaine O'Neal, a legend, my idol, my hero. Then there was David West, everything we could have possibly asked for. Then over the last 10 years or so, it's been very interchangeable. There's been mm-hmm. some good power forwards brought in there, but no one that's really stuck around long enough to say, oh, this is the guy that could be here for the next 10-plus years. Um, Jarris' defensive IQ, athleticism, is something the Pacers are in desperate need for. He screams potential defensive anchor, like I just mentioned. But shortly after the Pacers you know, drafted him, they trade for Obi Toppin. If Obi truly does develop and hit his potential – it could come at the expense of Jarris Walker's long-term potential. This is an open competition. Yep. Jarris has the chance to seize this starting role. Odds are stacked against him that it happens off the bat due to Obi's experience. But by the end of the year, that could very well be a different thing. Just like we saw Benedict Matherin go from, you know, about 70 games or so, you know, 65, 70 games off the bench to then being a starter at the end of the year. The same could very well happen for Jarris Walker, if not sooner. Yeah, and, and I knew this was going to be a talking point for us both, and so that's why I just said to change it up a little bit, which I understand. You want him to become the starter. That's the ultimate goal. But make it difficult for Obi Toppin okay. to get the majority of the minutes at the four. So, like I said, starting should be the goal. But even if that doesn't happen, make it difficult for Carlisle to keep him out of the lineup. So that's where I want to see. I want to see him like play so well that Carlisle is going to have to weigh his options because Obi Toppin brings something totally different to the table that Jairus Walker brings to the table. But they're both going to have impacts on this team in certain ways. So they can even play together, I think, at times. That's what I love about this roster, to be honest. If you look back and just – if you take a step back and look at the roster in totality, you can make different combinations that we're like, wow, that's kind of interesting. You could even play Bruce Brown at the four sometimes if you want to get that small because he's had experience doing it. So 
They've got that ability to go super small, go super big. They could play Jarris at the three if they really want to get weird with it. They could play him with Obi. They could play him with Miles. They could play Miles at the four. I mean, they could just do a bunch of different stuff if they want to play another like a Jalen Smith at the five or something like that. They have that optionality to do that. Not saying it's the greatest thing in the world in terms of what they can do, but they have the ability to do that. And I think Jarris is going to make things difficult because let's just say Jarris comes out and he really struggles. Okay, well, then all of a sudden now you have a reason why you can play Jordan War at the four, or maybe you can play Aaron Neesmith at the four, Jordan War at the three, and kind of figure out your minutes that way. But if he comes in there and he's just impactful in multiple areas right away, like it's one of those things with Nimhart or one of those things with Ben Matherin, like, all right, this guy's clearly carved out a spot in the rotation for himself. Everybody else, sorry, he's just outplayed you. And you want to see that chip on that guy's shoulder from a rookie coming in ready to prove himself because we always see young guys want to prove their worth in the league. I want to see Jairus Walker prove it. And, hey, if he wins a starting position, I am all for it. I mean, he won't win that without earning it. And I think Carlisle will give it to the guys that deserve it and that earn it. He's not just handing out stuff because he's a nice guy. That's not Carlisle. He's no nonsense, like Miles said. So whoever gets that starting position, Bocce, they earned it. And I think that Jairus Walker has every chance to get it, just like Obi Toppin does. And that's how it should be. And last year, I, I remember we even talked about it. How are you going to pick Benedict Mathurin sixth overall and not start? Well, we saw it. We didn't even know if he was going to get any starts, period, at one point. But he en- ends up earning, you know, whatever he finished with, maybe 12 starts or so, something of the sort. But for Jarris, he's going to put that pressure that you mentioned on OB because this Pacers team, they need, need to improve defensively. Yeah. And they already have a lot of scoring to begin with. This is a team that isn't shy of the scoring. So we know that if OB, if his defense is not there, who are you going to turn to? Going to turn to Jairus Walker. So I think that it is a matter of time where, hey, if the Pacers are in a little, little bit of a rut, that's probably going to be the position they might look at first to say, hey, let's try something different here at the four because we do know there's going to be some other positions that could be up for grabs. Everybody is looking at the four spot saying, I just don't know. Both guys could very well log 40-plus starts. It yeah. could happen. It, it very well could. So I'm really excited for that competition, and I, I think that it would stun me if Jarris didn't start at least, I don't know. How about this? Do we, should we just say, does he start more than 15 games? Hmm. It's a good one. I'll say over. I'll say he I'll starts say more over. than 15. I'll say over. You know, I I think if someone said 20, 25, I'd say, I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, that, that that's where it gets a little bit like. Yeah, 50 to 25 range is where you feel comfortable. That's where I feel comfortable of like the, the Patriots are willing to switch it up and, and roll with it at times, not just for one game and say, all right, yeah. never mind, it didn't work. So um, I, I'd set the over at, you know, over 15 games, over 15 starts for, for Jarris Walker at the four. And I'd be excited about that. But regardless, mm-hmm. there is the opportunity for him to be able to carve out at least – 20 minutes per game, which is great. It's not going to be one of those situations where you're like, man, I just don't know how they're going to be able to find playing time for him and, and develop him. Nope. This is a guy that was picked for a reason at a high draft pick that is expected to play. It's just a matter of will he be a starter or not by the end of the season? No, those are all great points. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how he gets those starts because there's going to be probably injuries or 
something that happens with Obi Top and maybe he ends up like hurting his hand on a dunk or something like that. And so like the next five games, he's out with a finger injury, something like that. Because I think if the Pacers are playing well and Obi starting, then you're not going to see Jarrett start anytime soon. No. Now it could. Don't fix it. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing, too, is like the most likely scenario where you see Jairus get starting minutes is if, one, he wins the position outright at the beginning of the year, or if it's a similar situation to last year where the team kind of has some significant injury to their best player, Tyrese Halliburton, and they realize, okay, we're not going to make the playoffs once again. We're going to go towards the developmental side of things and and try to get ourselves a better draft pick. Well, then maybe he starts to see what you have with him next to like a Matherin or an Imhar, something like that. So. Yeah, I mean, 15 even kind of felt hard to determine, yes or no, just because if he doesn't win the starting spot and the starting group clicks, where where does he get those starting minutes at? I don't know, but I think that it's going to be fun to see, and I think that it's his for the grabbing. It's his for the taking during training camp, but Obi Toppin, man, we talked about him before. He should have just as much of a chip on his shoulder as anybody else in this team, so uh, I would be more surprised if Obi lost the starting position to Jairus Walker than I would be if Benedict Matherin didn't start or something like that. Like that's how crazy I feel. I just feel like Obi is really just like, it feels like not going to pencil or uh, pin him in, but I feel like you can pencil him in as the starting power forward just because experience, the style they want to play and Carlisle bringing rookies off the bench. It's, it's his spot to lose is how I would put it as, Hey, he's going to be given every opportunity uh, and, you know, you got the experience, you, you've, you've been around, you're coming from a team that had been in the playoffs two of the last three years, really preaching defense. You should come ready. While Jarris Walker is a rookie that is learning on the job that should be very good long term. Um, that's the that's the battle I'm most excited to see. But I think that these are some really good goals for both Jarris Walker and Ben Shepard, both rookies that could be looking at totally different expectations for this upcoming season yeah i totally agree with that flat show anything else you want to add or do you want to let people know where they can find us at on social media i'm ready to let them know all right let them know brother absolutely so you can find us on twitter at setting the pace three you can find alex on twitter at alex golden nba i can be found on twitter at underscore f-a-c-c-i you can find us on instagram at pacers talk you can find us on facebook setting the pace you can find us on tiktok at setting the pace and Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Go to youtube.com slash setting the pace of Pacers podcast. We can find all of our Pacers content on there video wise. And if you haven't already, leave us a five star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, because that means the world to us. But if you are excited to see Jarris Walker and Ben Shepard make their debuts for the Indiana Pacers this season, then Fachi, hit me with those three words. Let's go, Pacers! Going to the top, setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. We